Voice of St. Louis original podcast. This is the STL All Local Podcast. I'm Debbie Monterey with the local stories from the KMOX newsroom for this Wednesday, June the 7th. Wesley Bell announces he's running for U.S. Senate as a Democrat. The St. Louis County prosecutor released a video on social media this morning. Took a tough stand against violent criminals and gave regular people a voice. In the video, Bell goes after sitting Republican U.S. Senator Josh Hawley saying, quote, Hawley has been ignoring the needs of Missourians. It's time we had a leader who will put us first, close quote. Michael Tysis of St. Louis was put to death by lethal injection last night for the deaths of two Randolph County jail guards 23 years ago. Here's Corrections Spokeswoman Karen Poman. At 5.59 p.m., Governor Parsons' office was asked whether there is any reason that the lawful execution of Michael Tysias for the murders of Jason Acton and Leon Egley should not proceed. The answer was to proceed. Tysis was declared dead at 6.10 p.m. None of his family was present at the execution, and prison officials are considering where to send the remains. Many states have abolished the death penalty, but Missouri has not. We talked with the director of the Missouri Public Defender System, who believes it's never appropriate. Mary Fox says the death penalty was established to keep the community safe, but adds that's no longer necessary. In the case of Michael Tysis... Um, Executions occurred to protect the community. Michael, if he did not receive a sentence of death, would receive a sentence of life in prison without the possibility of parole. While there are 20 plus states that still have the death penalty, Fox says Missouri is in the minority when it comes to executions. Fox says many, many years ago, there were no secure jails or prisons, so people were executed to protect the community. Maria Aquina, KMOX News. An O'Fallon, Missouri man who just a few minutes earlier had been pulled over for speeding and not wearing a seatbelt by Maryland Heights police is now accused of a road rage shooting in St. Charles County that left a woman with a bullet wound to the hand. St. Charles County Prosecutor Joe McCullough says why the man opened fire on the woman's car is not yet known. No idea at all. Um, The woman was just, uh, she was actually behind him. And then she went around, you know, to pass him, and he fired shots at her. The suspect, 39-year-old Dustin Duke, is charged with several felony counts. He's being held on a million dollars cash-only bond. Kevin Killeen, KMOX News. Drunk driving charges have been filed against a former Jefferson County Sheriff's deputy who was involved in a crash that killed his wife. Colby McCreary faces involuntary manslaughter and other charges for the April 30th crash on 55 and Festus when 28-year-old Savannah McCreary died. Sheriff Dave Marshak says McCreary is no longer with the Department of Fundraiser for the couple's children has been postponed. The total assessed value of all real estate in St. Charles County is up 19% from two years ago. That's the word from County Assessor-elect Travis Welge, who says some properties are up less, some more. I would, I would say that the hottest market in St. Charles County is the starter home market, the stuff that's 300 and under. That stuff has probably increased the most in the last two years just because they're in high demand. Welge says, keep in mind that under the Hancock Amendment, your tax bill should only go up about 5% because taxing jurisdictions such as school districts or fire protection districts have to roll back their rates a little when assessments go up. Property owners have until mid-July to appeal their assessments. Already 3,000 appeals have been filed in St. Charles County. St. Louis County has a budget simulator on its website's front page now. It's supposed to help county residents get an idea how the annual budget is put together. County Executive Sam Page says it's part of outreach on the budget, which includes a series of town hall meetings. In the town hall meetings, residents will be provided with a detailed 
overview of the budget process. And at the meetings, residents will also be shown how to use the budget simulator. The first of four town hall meetings is this Thursday night at 630 at the Florissant Valley Library. The county facing a $41 million deficit. Decisions about cuts or raising taxes must be made. From the X business desk, senior citizens could be getting a tax break locally, but not just yet. A bill to freeze property taxes for senior citizens gained initial passage in the St. Louis County Council Tuesday night. It would have the county join in on a new state law, but Councilwoman Lisa Clancy pointed out how much revenue would have been lost if the law was already in effect. In 2021, roughly $8 million in revenue. In 21 and 22, roughly $14 million in revenue. You can see that it's increasing each year because our population of seniors increases each year. The council will have a committee of the whole meeting before final consideration. It's anticipated some counties will give the seniors the tax break, while others will elect not to. Sean Michael Lyle, KMOX News. KMOX looking at St. Louis City government this week. We welcome into the studio Megan Green, the president of the St. Louis Board of Aldermen. And um, she is dealing with a newly reconstituted board, which shrunk from 28 to 14 members. So first of all, Megan, welcome back. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Are you noticing much of a difference? You've been on the board of aldermen for a while, so you've seen all the iterations. What's the biggest difference right now? I think what we're seeing is a much more professional board and a much more policy-oriented board. Um, I'm really excited by the 14 members that we have right now. We're seeing a new culture of collaboration, older people really working together uh, to craft legislation and um, putting us on the map for actually doing good policy. Well, let's talk about some of those policies that were priorities of yours. After the election, you said one of your first priorities was crime prevention, creating safer streets. So, you know, I know it's been soon, but what are some of the first steps that have been taken so far toward that goal? So we are in development for um, a board bill that would um, meet the constitutional requirements to bring back some automated traffic enforcement, including red light cameras and potentially speed cameras. We think... um, you know, that is a good first step. Um, but we also know that when we are redesigning our streets, we need to be doing so in a in a way that not only supports, supports motorists, but is also supporting cyclists and pedestrians. And so um, we're working on uh, legislation that would codify Vision Zero, um, which is a national movement to uh, make safe streets so that there are zero traffic involve, involved fatalities. A lot of the focus lately has been on the St. Louis Circuit Attorney's Office. We had the uh, state's attorney from Madison County yesterday point out that they've prosecuted over 4,000 felonies in the same time that St. Louis City prosecuted about 1,000. I'm rounding off the numbers a bit, but that was startling. So we do have Gabe Gore in that office now. I know it's only been about a week, but what are your thoughts and impressions? I mean, he he reached out right away. We've been working with his office on... Uh, a budget bill, a pay bill to make sure that we can pay uh, assistant circuit attorneys what they need to be paid so that we can get that office back up and staff. So that bill will be introduced on Friday. And uh, after we get through budget season, he and I will be sitting down talking about priorities and, and ways that the Board of Aldermen can partner with him to make a safer and more just St. Louis. Based on some reports, it looks like there's some division on a bill that's been sponsored by Kara Spencer that would limit who could openly carry guns in the city. Where do you stand on that one? 
So I am in supportive of the bill in theory. So I, I am in support of what it is aiming to do, which is to get uh, guns off of our streets. Um, but I think that there's a lot of work that still needs to be done on it to first get it to a place where it's legally defensible. We know a bill like this will more than likely end up in court. So we have to make sure it's something that our city attorneys feel like they can defend in court and have a good chance of upholding it. Second, we have to make sure that this is something that our chief of police feels like he can actually enforce. The chief had not been brought into these conversations um, until the bill had been introduced. And uh, and so it's I, I think it's really important we get him around the table. And then third, uh, we need to be engaging racial justice groups. There's some concern that the implementation of this could lead to stop and frisk 2.0. So we have to make sure that um, if we do pass this, that its implementation is not done in such a way that it ends up creating um, more division, more distrust of police than already exists. What's the current status of, because people, whenever there's a problem, point to there's all this money that the city has, ARPA money, money from the RAM settlement. Where does all that stand and has any of that been allocated? So most of the ARPA funding has already been allocated. I think there is some of it this fall that will probably be reallocated because either uh, we allocated it early in the pandemic to things that ended up not needing as much resources as we put into it or programs that... uh, just haven't been able to get um, an RFP uh, attached to them. As far as the RAM settlement money, the Board of Aldermen passed last session a resolution committing to a very robust public engagement session around the use of these funds. So this summer, we will start by getting out surveys to the community. And then this fall, we are going to do something called the Committee of the Whole, which is where the the president of the board can call a meeting of all alder people, the mayor, the comptroller, and have all of us engaged in... uh, in receiving public feedback about how this fund should be spent. I think all of us are in agreement that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. We have to make sure that we do it with ample public engagement and we have to make sure that we expend these resources in a smart and strategic way. Beyond crime, one of the big issues for city residents has seemed to be like the things that should be simple, things like trash collection and other city services. You know, what's happening right now to try to make sure that people feel like they're getting what they've paid for? The biggest challenge that city government has right now is staffing. And, um, you know, we're not unique in this. It seems like every industry right now is is hurting for workers. Um, but I think what we have found is our personnel structures that are enshrined in the charter make it really difficult to move quickly and raise wages, give additional benefits so that we can attract and, and retain the workforce we need. Um, the charter commission will be has to be sat by mid uh, August, and so my hope is that that commission is going to take a real look at our personnel policies and bring something to the ballot that will make the city of St. Louis a little bit more nimble in the way we're able to attract and retain employees. When that charter commission finishes their work, are these things that citizens will have to vote on to change? Because I remember, I don't even know how long ago it was, 12, 15 years ago, there were four different proposals to change city government and they all failed. So what's the status of changing all of that? Yes, anything Thing that the Charter Commission recommends will then have to go to the ballot for voters in the city to approve or disapprove. Beyond the ARPA funds that you mentioned, um, let's look at the overall budget. Um, I know it's early, but looking ahead to that planning, where do things stand for the city as far as what that budget might shape out to be? 
So um, we are finishing our budget hearings through the Board of Aldermen. We expect them to end either today or tomorrow, and then the budget will go back to ENA. Um, what we have seen, I think, in this budget is more money going into public health. I think that's a, a good thing. Our health department had been underfunded for a long time, and I think we could say even with this budget, they're still not to the level that they need to be. Um, but we know addressing a lot of issues in our community, including violence, requires that we take a public health approach and that and requires that we're putting resources into programs that work to prevent crime. And I think that's one of the um, the reasons that the we need to be standing up more resources for our health department. And one last quick question before we have to let you go. The big news this morning I, has caused some uh, a stir in not just Democratic circles, but political circles with Wesley Bell throwing his hat in for Senate. What was your thought when you heard that announcement today? You know, it was a it was a surprise this morning. I don't think many of us knew that he was planning on on announcing. I have worked with Wesley for years. I think he is a a stellar individual. I think he's a good candidate, and I think we can definitely count on him to put together a, a good campaign. All right. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you coming into studio today. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. I'm Debbie Monterey. The STL All Local Podcast is produced by the KMOX News Team. Find all the local news you need on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.